Gentlemen, after five rounds, we go to the judges' scorecards for a decision. All three judges score this contest 49-46 for the winner by unanimous decision. And If it wasn't UFC, I'd probably be cooking meth in a trailer in prison, so. I think fat shaming is always okay. I There's nothing worse than being next to a fat, smelly motherfucker. And the most human thing you could do is telling a fat, smelly motherfucker to put down the fuck. Dudes, bro. No man that beats off the cartoons is gonna beat me. Calm down. Would you like to learn some Chinese? Ni hao. What was that? Wait, what am I saying? What am I saying? Hello. Meow. <laughs> I, like, I feel like I should already start. How do you say work harder, child? So when I start my clothing. When I start my clothing company and I open up a couple sweatshops, how do I how do I get to the meat and potatoes of work harder? No food for you till you finish. Cheetos, listen. Hey, I'm gonna fight you next. I'm gonna fight you next. And if you refuse again to fight me or pull out two weeks of the fight, I'm going to your city. I'm going to your academy. I'm gonna spare you there. I'm gonna fucking spare you there. Hey. Hey, listen, and no one, no one gonna do anything, you know why? <laughs> what a jam! What a jam! Dude, that fucking intro is fantastic. So, <laughs> Uppercut Podcast, we are back to discuss UFC 293. Jeff has been whipping up some killer new intros. He's going to try to make one for every fight card featuring some kind of outrageous shit someone said. From the call US. them fucking killer. Call them fucking brainless. Whatever they are, they're pretty fucking decent. Yeah, they're fucking <laughs> amazing. And this is probably the best one you could have done it for because he... He cuts in uh, fucking audio tracks from interviews over songs, and this one featured the most fucking volatile guy in the UFC, the now undisputed middleweight champion of the world, Sean Strickland. Fucking It doesn't oh, wow. even feel real. Wow, dude. I mean, I, I was saying that uh, Sugar's performance was my favorite performance I've watched live in Maybe still as a moment, but in terms of our overall performance, pre-fight, during fight, and post-fight, this is hard to beat, dude. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is hard to beat. This was phenomenal. I mean, it. This was such a far shot. We're like the biggest Sean Strickland fans ever, and we thought he had no fucking shot, dude. Oh, dude, I'm staring. I'm. I'm gonna show you right here. I'm staring at his blue rookie. I have on <laughs> right behind my computer. I have his blue rookie card, and I yeah thought he had zero fucking chance. Sean Strickland won by decision to become the middleweight champion. I think every single judge gave him four to one. I think they only gave Izzy round two. Jeff, yep. did you think that was completely accurate? Did you think Izzy even got another round? Yeah, no doubt. No, that's completely accurate. I mean, 
Izzy knew, everyone knew. It was a fucking one-handed fucking whooping by Sean. It was kind of like one of the boxing matches where, like, as soon as you saw that knockdown, you're like, oh, shit, it might be over because that's going way heavy. Yeah, and, and I think definitely I... did. Yeah, and I think I saw Izzy was kind of pointing towards his face or jaw at the end of the fight. I'm not sure if he was referring to that in the first round, but the absolute decimation that Sean put on Izzy for four of the five rounds was something I have not seen before from that big of an underdog. Yeah, it was like he like put on like fucking Marab cardio on Izzy, but with the stand-up. Yeah, he looked like he could have went another five rounds. It was fucking clinically insane to watch. It was one of my favorite performances I've ever watched by far. It's really not even close. Um, What did you think really made the fight go Sean's way? I thought it had a lot to do with the cage cutting. The cage cutting was the biggest thing for me. Did you think there was anything else that really took away? Obviously, we all know Sean's going to work that motherfucking jab. It was just that pace and that fucking jab, dude. Yeah. I, like, I Izzy actually not Izzy couldn't work behind that. He couldn't think to himself. He couldn't get his own jab working just because he he just had to deal with fucking Sean constantly in his face. Yeah, it was insane. Uh Sean's head movement was really good. His defense looks mm-hmm. like I don't think we've seen his defense look that good in any no. fight thus far. I mean, except for like the only one I can think of is I know me and you watched it was the one where he fought Jack Hermanson, but that's fighting Jack. His jabs are not Izzy's. Uh, it was insane. I thought he really used the push kicks well. I thought the push kicks were getting a little underrated, to be honest. Like it yeah, looked, they weren't, weren't really getting talked about very much. I think they were hurting Izzy a little more than he lets on. He also kind of like Cheeto and Max. Izzy does a good job at not showing how much he's hurt. So it was kind of hard to tell, but you could tell when Max was lifting his leg, even if it was a check a leg kick, Izzy was kind of flinching, which kind of made me think, eh, maybe them push kicks are hurting him a little bit. It was kind of hard yeah. to tell. But yeah, absolute decimation of Israel Desanya. I haven't seen much like that. I like I said, the cage cutting. Jeff Especially talked about the on such a, lot. a dominant fucking champion, just to Ooh, just to dominate him like that. That was nuts. Yeah, I think Sugar's performance was more isolated in the moment. Like, it's still, there's still kind of question marks about Sugar because we didn't get to see him tested really all that well. This left no question mark. I mean, there was nothing you could say or take away from Strickland. I am curious to know what do you think about the matchups going forward? Do you think Izzy should get the rematch? No. What do you think? I have my my mind made up. Yeah, um, I don't think he gets it just because he just got an immediate rematch. Yeah, I think the same thing. I think Dana will probably give it to him, but do I think he deserves it or it should be how it goes? No, not not at all. I actually would really like to see him maybe fight Whitaker. Would be a third time now to for a number one contender or maybe with the timeline he could fight the winner of Hamzat and Costa. If I guess if Hamzat were to win, he could fight Hamzat to get back in title contention, because I think Strickland should fight Dreykus next. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Yeah, I'm not seeing that card. If that was, like, the headliner of a pay-per-view, I'm not seeing that card selling a lot of pay-per-views, but from an MMA, like, fan point of view, oh, my God, what an interesting fight that would make. Dude, and what perfect timing for Sean Strickland to fucking win the belt. They just went fucking, their stock just went public today. 
Oh, yeah, I know. I saw, <laughs> because they merged with WWE, right? Yeah, yeah. How immediate does Sean Strickland getting the belt affect that shit? Like, how, <laughs> dude, we're going to see Sean Strickland say some crazy shit and then instantly see it drop, dude. It's going to be phenomenal. Literally I'm realized. just waiting for them. I'm waiting for Sean Strickland to pull a little Manel cop out on, out, out here and fucking drop that stock a little bit. I'm trying, trying to invest. <laughs> buy high, sell low. That's what yes, the guys sir. at work always say. You lose money. They're like, buy high, sell low. Yeah, fucking. It is kind of crazy. It's going to be just like, remember when Elon went on Rogan and he smoked and then Tesla yeah. stock dropped? It's going to be exactly yeah. like that. Now we have fucking. Oh my God, Sean Strickland as champion, perfect timing. Oh my God, if Col- if I'd love Leon, but if Colby Covington somehow becomes champ too, <laughs> holy shit, dude! Are you fucking kidding me? We're back. We're fucking dude. back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's insane. But yeah, one of my favorite performances I've ever watched. Sean really lit out. I, I thought he was very humble and winning too. He kind of busted Izzy's balls in the post-fight press conference still, but that's just his nature. I thought all in all, though, in comparison to how he's been, pretty humble overall, yeah. I'd say. Izzy also takes losses like champ. As much as and I he actually looked a little fucking human and like you kind of could see behind the, you know, Sean Strickland crazy fucking psychopath. Yeah, you could, after he won, he was like, "Holy shit, I actually did this," and yeah, it was kind of, kind of wholesome. Yeah, you could see through the neo-Nazi a little bit. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy, he's champ, dude. I'm so happy him and Sugar are champ. There's such good chance for the UFC to start things up. I can't wait to see the matchups going forward. Into a little more of a, I guess you could say a negative note. We'll talk about the co-main event. I guess you could say, brother. Uh, Jeff, <laughs> this I'm, one had me on fucking watch. <laughs> yeah, I'm asking you this seriously, and I'm not even trying to be funny. Is Tai Tuivasa a good fighter, or is or do we just overlook everything because of his boisterous personality and because he drinks beer out of a shoe? No, because at one point he was a fucking good fighter. Yeah, but I, Dude, I, he almost knocked out Cyril Gunn. You can't do that without being a good fucking fighter. I don't care me, what anyone let me, says. Let me rephrase this. Is he a great fighter? Is he a top five heavyweight? Not anymore. He's obviously there's a point there's a point where he was breaking five, but I I think he Fuck man. He's really taking a fucking Derek Lewis route fucking like a God damn it. I saw this as soon as he fucking lost. I called this a while ago. God damn it, dude. This one fucking hurts. Yeah. It's not I, like I just took him behind a fucking shed, dude. Yeah, I'm not sure what to say about Ty. I've picked against him the last, like, I, with the exception of this fight, the last, like, three fights before. So I'm not super shocked, but I always, in my heart, want him to win. It's like, I, I'm just curious, like, is he trying to get better? Like, anywhere besides trying to knock his opponent out? Because it just does not honestly seem like it. I, like I'm sure he is. He's got to be training something. But, but like, yeah, but really, Kenny, he he's not really an athletic athlete. <laughs> yeah, but he's 30 years old. I mean, add at least add takedown defense or something. Like I just don't. It just doesn't seem like his game evolves at all every time you watch him fight. And I think it really gets overshadowed by the shoey and everyone likes his personality in Volkov. Yeah, this fighting style is exciting, and Volkov looked damn good. Tied to Ivasa really shouldn't even be the talking point of this fight. Volkov looked fucking good. What'd you think? God damn it, dude. He really fucking... 
he really won with my favorite submission on my favorite fighter. <laughs> In his home country. Yeah, God. Dude, I feel sick to my stomach. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> If he needs, he might need to like sit, reevaluate, and like just do a whole coaching change. Or I, I'm not sure what he needs. But, but the weird thing is, like, is Volkov even a top five heavyweight? Exactly, because if you're saying no, then that means Ty is way behind. We thought because two years ago, I remember when I started doing this with you guys, I was thinking it was going to be exciting to see Ty and Aspinall fight at some point. I wouldn't even put them in the same. Uh, you know, yeah. in the same conversation right now. At least I well, would. God yeah. damn it. Yeah. <laughs> this just hurts. <laughs> yeah, I think he needs to take some time off, reevaluate, maybe maybe not necessarily ditch his coach, but get some new coaches in his camp or start training with other people. I mean, you saw how much of an effect Sean Strickland's short training period with Alex Pereira did on this fight. It definitely had some effect. Tui Vasa just needs a whole revamp. His his game and his style is not meant to last in the UFC. And the thing is, if you want to be the second Derek Lewis, at least you have to be as good as Derek Lewis is striking, if not better, and I don't think he is. Mm-mm. I think you would agree with that. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, so uh, just kind of a recipe for disaster, especially right now in the heavyweight division when there's some young guys coming through who can kind of mix it up well. It's not really looking that great for him. Let's talk about third fight down the card, flyweight bout between Manel Cap and Felipe Dos Santos. What'd you think about your boy Manel, Jeff? Oh yeah, it was it, it's a damn great fight. I mean, nothing else happened, right? It was just a crazy fight. Where <laughs> <laughs> he slurs after that's all. Nah, actually, it wasn't even that good of a fight for fucking Manel. I no. mean, the, we all know to call out. It it was. I mean, we heard him before and after he called out fucking Kai, Kai Car France. And honestly, I think Kai Car France washes him after this. I mean, I know it was short notice and all, but dude, he didn't look great. No, and I think what Philippe really exposed of him is that we all kind of knew Cap was a counter striker, but sometimes being a counter striker, almost similar to Cheeto, gets you in dangerous predicaments. And there was a couple times, I think one was like in the middle of round one, where Philippe hit him, and I was kind of like, holy shit, he yeah. end this. Like, yeah. sometimes being too reserved is a little, can work against you, and I think Cop almost dug himself in that hole a few times here, and I agree with you. Fighting a guy like France who can put you out and can really put it on you, I mean, we almost saw France put out Marino. Who the fuck puts out Marino? Seriously. <laughs> Marino get his face battered for five rounds to lose the belt and didn't get put out, so... Yeah, I agree with that. I still want to see them fight in the future. I hope they rebook that. I like all the fucking storyline headed into it now. But Cap, yeah, he won. I agree with you, though. Not really the performance you probably want to put on, especially fighting a debuter who's 22. But he still won, and Felipe DeSantis looked great. I have no worries about him going forward at all. Did you? No, not at all. I mean, coming in short notice, fighting a pretty high-up guy in the division. I mean, it's not a very stacked division, but still, not worried about him at all going forward. No, me either. I think his uh, shoot box style could bring something new to the flyweight because no one really does that in the flyweight. He can mix it up well. He he should be a contender in no time, I honestly think. Let's uh, talk about your two boys you picked. I'm going to kind of lump them together somewhat just because they're both round one knockouts. Justin Tava and Tyson Pedro both scoring round one knockouts. Yes, sir. 
22. God, dude, these but, two motherfuckers got me a little too hyped up going into Taitui Vasa. I mean, I was like, no way they don't finish. That I mean, we just saw two fucking Islanders get a first round knockout. Taitui Vasa is still going to get a knockout. I, you know, truth like that. Thought the same exact fucking thing, and I thought how disappointing it must have been to be Tui Vasa after. Seriously. When you're higher up on the card, you're the co-main. Dude, and the crowd was berserk by the time Tui Vasa came out. Yeah. I mean, they were berserk pretty early. They were, like, pretty hyped up for Jack Jack. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think it was, like, early in the day. That's why. Yeah, yep. That makes sense. Like, even when Malarkey came out, I was like, damn, this sounds yeah. Malarkey to come out. Yeah, both these guys scoring big knockout victories. I obviously don't think I'm breaking any ground saying this, but Tyson Pedro's Definitely a little bit more well-rounded, a little bit better fighter than Justin Taffa. But these two guys going forward, they should be able to – I think they're trying to do Sydney every year. So I think these guys should be a shoe-in for these cards. I'm sure they'll each get a fight in between. I'd really watch out for Tyson Pedro. I think he's a little better. And I think with the light heavyweight division lacking some – I mean, it's getting shaken up, but lacking some competition from 10 to 15, he could maybe work his way in there. Taffa, I'm not too sure about, but – I would definitely keep my eye on these two guys and keep watching. They're definitely exciting as fuck. Yeah, I mean, if you see them fucking big, big fucking Islander fucking bangers, you know it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, no doubt. Let's talk about the prelim. It would be the prelim main event, I guess we'll call it. Carlos Allberg beating... Another one. <laughs> yeah, submission right at the end of round three. What do you think about Carlos Allberg, dude? He is huh? the fuck out of me. You said he impressed or impressed, yes. Albert. He actually did did not for me this fight. I I mean, like I said going into this fucking what you call it's an absolute can. <laughs> Johnny is an absolute can. I think he should have got him out of there fucking years ago, not fucking barely on the last second, barely getting a tap in there. I mean Olberg, he kind of kind of showed some damn bad wear late in that fight, too. He got his leg worked on, which we can see, like, that is a huge problem for fucking motherfuckers who rely on their, like, big power and all. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm just glad he fought. He, like, kind of found out these problems now when he's fighting someone like Jung and so later down the line when he's fighting someone who's amazing and will hop on top of those opportunities. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I, I just thought his jab looked pretty good through the first two rounds. I agree. He did wear out a little bit towards the end. Dion Jung isn't the best fighter on earth, but he is 15 and five. He has had a decent UFC run. So he still beat a decent opponent with a decent name around the UFC world. So, and I know there's a lot of hype around Carlos Allberg right now. So I don't think he'll have any problems snagging a couple more big fights here shortly. Let's talk about a fucking nasty one. Chepe Mariscal throwing a, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what DC called it. He had a name for like how you do that takedown where you almost hip toss him. Hip toss yeah. Jack Jenkins. Oh, God and- damn obliterated his arm. I'm pretty sure it's the same exact thing that happened to Joe Pfeiffer, I think. I think it was yep, yep. identical. Didn't we see a women's one go down like this, or it was a little different? Yeah, it was. I think it was a little different, but I can't remember exactly what they call that hip toss takedown, but breaking Jack Jenkins' arm, middle of the second round, completely stopped the fight. But 
You know, I was reading a lot of people on Twitter talking about this fight and saying, you know, Jack Jenkins won round one and he lost the fight because he broke his arm. Did he lose the fight because he broke his arm? Yes. But did Chepe cause the broken arm? Yes. And did Chepe start to make it a lot tighter than it seemed in round two? I believe so. What did you think? Yeah, no doubt. But God damn it. It's it's just an absolute bummer all around, though. I still it is. feel like, like Jack Jenkins fighting in front of his crowd. He's such a hyped-up prospect. And just to go out like that with such a brutal injury, it fucking blows. Yeah, it was really rough to see someone like I know we're kind of insensitive to like watching knockouts, but to see someone conscious hit the ground like that and not be able to move was really fucking rough. And dude, I wrote this down because I could not believe how crazy it was. Did you see how they pulled up the crickets, the cricket mobile smart move of the night? And they replayed no. it. Yeah, they put like right after the fight before Chepe did his post fight interview. They were like, "All right, here comes Cricket Mobile's smart move of the night." Like it was like a like I, I don't know like I don't know <laughs> like what the, the f- fucking like the block of the game on fucking two K. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly the same fucking thing. I don't know who cleared that and what the fuck they were thinking. And then they replayed it. In slow motion. I was like, dude, dude what am I? The worst part watching? was Chepe got a fucking mean shot in on his fucking head, too. Oh, yeah. He yeah. rocked him. And, like, I, another thing I thought was kind of, I don't want to say iffy, but Chepe, I don't know if it's because you're in the heat of the moment and you're literally in battle with someone. He did not seem very uh, apologetic that he snapped no, Jack Jenkins' arm. No, he fuck. No, he didn't. <laughs> And it's hard to speak because we're not them. We're not in that moment feeling yeah. energy. But holy fuck, he didn't. He did not give a fuck whatsoever. Yeah, I guess for them, really, a win's a win. Right, and they are in a war with another person, so it's it's hard to say. Let's talk about the last fight we're going to talk about for the night: Jamie Malarkey defeating John McDessie in a round three decision, unanimous. Did you think this was a bit of a robbery, or I, yeah. I remember I remember watching it live. I did not watch this one a second time, but watching it live, I was like. Because John McDessie had that big knockdown round two, right? And then he kind of yeah. put round three. And I was like, what? Dude, not going to lie. I fucking stopped watching the fucking decision because I was pissed off because I thought, there goes my fucking legs. First leg of fucking course. Yeah, I and... think it it was like 15 seconds left in round two. There really wasn't much action. McDessie laid a fucking hammer on Malarkey, which in my mind won him the round because there really wasn't much more before that. Yeah. I, Malarkey clears day one round one. And then round three, McDessie just kept working his jab and kind of split Malarkey open. And I, to me, watching it live, I thought McDessie won that decision easy. I don't know. I don't know if that was like some hometown favoritism. Yeah, it definitely was. I think they fucking cooked that one, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a that was a tough one. I really don't like to see decisions go that way. I was happy Jamie Malarkey won, but I really wasn't all that impressed with his performance, and I really don't like to see anyone get handed a decision that I kind of yeah. think lost. Like I didn't necessarily think it was all that close. So, is there any more you think about Sean Strickland as a champ going forward before we get off? What a time to be alive. But, dude, let's also talk about this Nazarov fight because this was a fucking banger. I just want to give a quick shout-out. This should have been fight of the fucking night. This was fucking crazy. These motherfuckers were throwing 
not a single shot, just fucking damn near 300 significant strikes that just straight fucking chin, 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 chin. It was phenomenal. Was that him and Quinones? Yep. Yeah, that was a fucking awesome fight. Uh, Radke, <laughs> it was, you know... Another, yeah, versus... <laughs> yeah, no, another post-fight interview highlight of the night, you could say, uh, if you haven't heard... Uh, dude, and fucking Blood Diamond put on another fucking glue-sniffing special. Yeah, classic. He looked uh, wonky as ever. Yeah, uh, classic Blood Diamond. Shane Young really disappointed, because I know the crowd was pretty hyped up for him, too. He's... Yeah, dude, I'm so scared he... Dude, he is the fucking city kickboxing fucking Nick Maximoff, dude. Yeah, I was yeah, I was just about to say that. <laughs> he is he is CKB's low point. He truly is. And that's not trying to throw any shade at him, but he's yeah. Of those guys, I mean He's that's definitely a, the runt of the litter. Yeah, to be fair though, that's a tough crew to be the alpha of too, but Yeah. He's definitely he's yeah, he's definitely the runt. Um, one more thing I want to talk about before we get off. What'd you think about Laura Sanko? I thought she was fucking awesome. Yeah, she actually did phenomenal. I mean, I wouldn't mind her on, like, damn near every pay-per-view that Joe Rogan's not on. Yeah, me too. I kind of thought she was, like, of the three that were there that night, I kind of thought she was the best, to be honest. Yeah. Like, she had the most in-depth, like, when she she kept talking about the cage cutting and shit for Strickland, she had the most in-depth, like, in-game, during-the-time fucking talks, like, Bisping and DC are somewhat good at it, but they're really just good talking in general. I'm not really sure about yeah. in the moment. You gotta I thought, have someone who's real smart with it. Yeah, Sanka was fucking... I thought she was fucking great, to be honest. Yeah, Bisping and DC have taken a little too many headshots to be, like, fucking put together coherent fucking <laughs> messages. Dude, or when DC and, and Rogies are together sometimes, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, they just goof all. <laughs> yeah, and then fucking, and then DC's saying some shit that happened five minutes ago, and then Rogan's constantly with the, he's out, and he's not out. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, constant with that. It yeah, might really, be over. Yeah, I really like Laura Sanka. I hope she gets more uh, more airtime on pay-per-views. And it was crazy because before the fight, when I read that, I was like, eh, rolling out a new cast for a big pay-per-view like this. I don't know about all that. But I thought she did fucking awesome. Yeah, no doubt. Well, shouts to Laura Sanko. We have a new middleweight, undisputed champion of the world. Hopefully, he's going to be fighting. Pride is back in the fucking <laughs> in the middleweight division, brother. Really, really hoping he's going to fight Dreykus next. I think that is such an interesting fight. Tied to Ivasa with another shitter. And Manel Cop works his way back up the ladder. Thank you guys for listening. And please tune in and review Jeff's new intros. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>